Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast uh, with me, Tony Mack, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. Hello everybody, this week we're taking a detour to the uh, Sandy Stuff with Newcastle's uh, Northumberland plate card on Saturday coming under focus from us. Uh, we're covering three races this week on the Pod Blast, starting, all, uh, starting things off uh, with the Sprinters having a dig into the Chip Chase Stakes. Uh, then we're going to move on to the stayers for the Northumberland Vars and the big race itself, the Northumberland Plate. So let's crack on. Uh, welcome along, Ben. And as already mentioned, the Sprinters first chip chase stakes due off at 12.55 on Saturday at Newcastle. Ben, can you start us off with this one? Yeah, Tony, the uh, chip chase stakes, group three, or six furlongs, uh, eight runners going to post this year. Hugo Palmer trained Brad the Brief. He's the, the highest rated runner in the field on a mark of 114. Uh, he makes a seasonal debut here. It's not something that should be an issue because he's three from four on seasonal debut and is generally ready to go first him up. Uh, Brad the Brief, he's also making his track debut here. But again, I don't see that as much of an issue because offspring of his sire, Dutch Art, aged four or older, they got some decent stats over the five and six furlong trip at Newcastle. They've got a combined 26% win strike rate and a 39% win and play strike rate. Now add to that, Brad Debris' trainer, Hugo Palmer, he's got some eye-catching stats in Newcastle in the June to July period. He's 14 wins from 36 for a 39% win strike rate. And over 50 points profit to level stakes. Win in place, 58% strike rate. So plenty of positives for Brad the Brief. Um, and he's a horse who has recorded all his UK wins over five or six furlongs in fields of 11 or less. So he's getting those conditions on Saturday. Uh, solid shortlist material for this race, I would say. Indeed, I think he's probably the one they have to beat. Uh, his main danger, likely to be course specialist Tiber Flow. He's two wins and a second from his three starts in Newcastle and three wins from four overall in Tapita. Uh, he's yet to win any of his four starts at group level, but he has run well enough in those four group runs to suggest he could well have a race of this level in him. Uh, given his record on Tapia, not hard to think this is the, the obvious place for him to break his group duck. So, in Tony Mack style, I am leaning towards a Dutch on Brad the Brief and Tiber Flow, uh, both around 4 to 1, 72. They look boringly the, the likeliest winners to me. Where are you at, Tony, with this one? Uh, yeah, I had a good look at this one, actually. Uh, ben, uh, Brad the Brief won uh, one of his two starts on the all weather today. It's achieved plenty on turf, including wins at uh, listed Group 3 and Group 2 level. Uh, Tiber Flow began his career winning up to seven furlongs on the all weather. Uh, has since finished fourth in the Abernant Stakes and chased home Group 1 winner Creative Force this season. Spycatcher won a listed race on the all-weather last season, won first time out this season. He finished fourth on, in a soft ground seven furlong handicap at Ascot when last seen in May. Uh, Witch Hunter is interesting, won on the all-weather, won the Buckingham Palace Stakes at Royal Ascot last week. Uh, Mount Athos finished um, behind Spycatcher over seven furlongs at Thirsk. 
but had won his previous three races, including two seven furlong handicaps on the all weather. And iconic moment uh, began his career winning first three races on the all weather, including a re- listed race at Lingfield. He finished uh, last of seven over seven furlongs at. Um, he finished last, sorry, over seven furlongs at Newmarket last time. Can possibly return to form here. I wouldn't um, totally dismiss iconic moment. And the veteran judicial, well, to be honest with you, I wouldn't put anybody um, having an each way uh, slice of judicial at around 12 to 1. Um, just hoping uh, he's, a, he's a wonderful uh, veteran sprinter and he poss- possibly won a run another. He won this race in 2020, a disappointed last year, 12 months ago, on the standard to slow ground, which may have uh, impeded him there. But uh, yeah, judicial, uh, worth a second look. But uh, yeah, I'm going Dutch, but I'm going uh, three. I'm Dutching three ways. Tiber Floor, Spycatcher and Witch Hunter for me. Tiber Floor, Spycatcher and Witch Hunter uh, are being Dutched for me in the 12.55, the Chips Chase Stakes Group 3 over 6 furlong. Uh, off at uh, yeah five to uh, five to one early start. Uh, one thirty at Newcastle Ben is the uh, Northumberland Vars Class Two over two miles and half a furlong. Ben, what are your feelings on this? Yeah, Northumberland Vars, uh, Northumberland Plate Consolation Race. Uh, I've a short list for this one of Blow Your Horn, Citizen General, and a Legendary Day. And I was I was initially I was looking to take on current favourite Blow Your Horn. It's not easy to put a line through at all, I don't think. Um, I also don't think this race is packed with many but that hold obvious chances. And Blow Your Horn's trainer, Ian Williams, he does have a solid record at Newcastle in handicaps with last time out winners that start at 6-1 to one or shorter. He has six winners and five places from 16 qualifiers. So despite winning his last three starts, uh, Blow Your Horn still below his highest winning mark and he's also 10 pounds below the mark of which he ran third from in this race in 2021 so I had to put Blow Your Horn on my shortlist uh, Citizen General one of the other ones I've got on the shortlist he comes here in fine form so he does take a leap in class for this this run being his first run above class 4 level uh, he's still very much unexposed after only 12 starts also makes his first start over a 2 mile trip in this race. So he's completely unexposed over a, a proper staying trip. Uh, by Camelot, I think he will stay the trip well. Uh, indeed, on the starts who are further than one mile four, where he has three wins and a second from four starts, he's strongly given the indication that longer trips are exactly what he wants. Um, and it's also worth noting his trainer, Ed Dunlop, he's got some noteworthy stats in handicaps at Newcastle over one mile two and further. With his horses age three and four, he is nine winners, eight places from 28 runners. It's a 32% win strike rate, 61% win and play strike rate. So yeah, Citizen General very much catches my eye for this one. He's also wearing first-time cheek pieces on this occasion. Uh, the other on my shortlist, Legendary Day. Now, he's unbeaten two from two at Newcastle. And it's interesting that Adrian Keatley has called up Tom Marquand for the ride. Now, Marquand has only ridden for Keatley seven times in handicaps on a horse aged three or older. He's won three of them, and he's placed on one other. Now, it's limited stats, obviously, but it's a tidy little set of figures all the same. Now, it's also interesting that they stick the cheek pieces back on legendary day after trying a visor for the first time last time out. 
And it's a run where they also removed his usual tongue tie. He ran no sort of race out there at Beverly without any of those aids to help him. The race prior to that at York, where Keatley stuck cheek pieces on him for the first time, although he had worn cheek pieces once before when I was with Huey Morrison. Um, but on that run at York, he showed plenty of promise in a Class 2 or 1 mile 4, doing all his best work late in the day, nearest at the finish. So you know, you're thinking, yeah, he's probably wanting a little bit further. Um, in this race, again, they put the cheek pieces back on. They put his normal tongue tie back on. Keatley calls on a jockey that he maybe only calls upon when he's got a live one. Sending the horse to a track where he's a unbeaten two from two out. So it's just a few things catch my eye with Legendary Day here. Um, he double figures. And as much as I respect Blow Your Horn, I am going to side with Citizen General and Legendary Day in the Northumberland Vaz Tony. What have you got? Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was, uh, um, Citizen General, I was, uh, I was looking at, and also a legendary good point course winner and also a distance winner as well. And uh, yeah, Tom Marquand's an interesting book in there. I've come up with Fairlack, myself, uh, Jim Goldie there, last seen at Hamilton last month, finishing third of nine runners over 11 furlongs, uh, beaten four lengths as the beaten favourite as well, two to one favourite who was sent off. Callum uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez uh, takes the ride here. Uh, big price is Fairlack. Uh, maybe a little bit uh, too much at the top of the uh, at the uh, at top of the weights there with Fairlack. Uh, thermoscope alike for Billy Garrity and Keith Dagleish is around seven to one. Uh, he was last seen at uh, another beaten favourite as well, but he did win at Musselburgh in early May. Uh, Appiah is a little short. I do like Appiah, uh, even though uh, he's two from two here, Ben and. Uh, Ben Curtis is four from six on him. Uh, must fancy him. The, the uh, Sean Woods must fancy him, but this trip is uh, new territory. But there's others I'd rather be with. And the two are Thermoscope, who's a course and distance winner. Uh, one here in October uh, over this distance on uh, standard to slow. First of 11, beat Golden Shot one length as, uh, at odds of six to one off uh, a mighty lower mark of 68. He's on 83 now so <laughs> for trainer Keith Dagleish. Uh, so he's pretty much up against it there, carrying nine stone nine, seven to one. And this thing never, honestly, keeps digging in my head. It was patting me on the shoulder. Uh, La Hacienda for Matthew Smith, Irish trainer. Uh, he's a decent uh, form on turf last summer winning at uh, Leopardstown, Galway and Killarney uh, trainer is 2 from 67 in the last 180 days um, blimey which probably includes um, this this thing although he possibly needed uh, the mayor possibly needed the run on seasonal debut last week at uh, a down roll finishing 3rd of 6 at uh, an unfancy 22 to 1. He's 10 to 1. I, I just can't get away from this La, La Hacienda for Matthew J. Smith from Ireland. Uh, I'm going to have to do him each way, small each way, and also a small each way on Thermoscope in the 130 Northumberland Vars. Um, but I'm certainly not getting heavily involved in the Northumberland Vars. Um, on the other hand, uh, the 205 at Newcastle, Northumberland Plate, there's a couple interest me in this uh, Class 2 handicap. Uh, the Pittman's Derby, as they call it, over two mile and a half a furlong. Ben, what do you fancy in the plate? Yeah, plate, no race trends really catch my eye, I'd say, since it moved to your weather. I did have a, a little dig about, but 
and stood out in me. But I do have some interesting stats worth mentioning for races over two miles on the all-weather in Newcastle. Um, and those two-mile races with 13 or more runners in them, um, there have been 28 such races. And of those 28 races, 13 of them were won by a horse breaking from the top quarter of the draw. So a high number stall, in other words, uh, mean that means, look at them stats, just under 50% of those races were won by a horse coming from the top quarter of the draw. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a negative to be coming from other sections of the draw, far from it, but uh, the high numbers, they do seem to hold a bit of an advantage. and They also supply the highest percentage return with the placed horses. So as a race where I, I like to try and have something from the top section of the draw on my side. Now, the obvious one up there is the favourite, Post Impressionist. He's still unexposed after only eight starts and being by Teofilo, he should relish this trip at Newcastle. Uh, he's technically 13 pounds higher than his last run. If you take into account he had a five-pound climber that day, he doesn't here. Also making a seasonal debut in the plate after a 267-day break. And neither of those things are impossible hurdles for him to overcome, of course, but certainly worth factoring into the equation. But there's another one up in the high stalls that catches my eye at a better price, and that is Good Show, trained by Keith Dalglish. He's another that's unexposed. Uh, he's only had seven clear starts, four handicap starts so far on a CV. So this will also be his first try beyond one mile five, but he should handle the extra distance perfectly well because he's by Nathaniel. And his offspring at Newcastle over a two-mile trip, and with those who are not making their seasonal debut, are seven wins from 28 with seven others placing. That's a 25% win strike rate. 50% win and play strike rate. There are six individual winning horses in that stat, so there's certainly some evidence building that the Nathaniel kids are more than comfortable over the staying trip at Newcastle. So good show uh, is on my radar from the high stalls as a bit of an interesting outsider. Slightly further down the draw, stall 11, so still in the top half. Um, there's another Nathaniel kid that catches my eye, and that one is Nathaniel Green from the Willie Haggishard. Now, he's another that brings an unexposed profile to the table. Uh, he's also got a fair few bits of form that suggest his current mark of 88 should be comfortably within reach for him. For starters, it's five length fourth behind Courage uh, Monami. I've forgotten how to say it, Tony. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Courage, courage, mon ami. Last I, time I, I wouldn't say it as uh, well as that. Well, that's how I'm saying it. You know, let's just call him Dave. Um, <laughs> the one that won, the one that won the Ascot Gold Cup. So yeah, so Nathaniel Green, five lengths fourth behind the Ascot Gold Cup winner last time out. Um, as win at a Class 2 at Haydock last July. That also looks like very solid form. Numerous winners coming from that race. And the horse he beat that day, Giavolotto, he's now rated £21 higher on a mark of 113. And Nathaniel Green also gets a big swing in the weights with the favourite and stable mate, Post Impressionist, from their meeting at York last October. The Post Impressionist, he won four lengths, uh, well, he's four lengths ahead of Nathaniel Green that day. There's a £15 swing in the weights here in the favour of Nathaniel Green. And I do think 
his mark of 88 is really, really workable. Um, even more so now they step him up to two miles for the first time. And he'd be the one I'm mainly interested in here. Nathaniel Green, I think he rates a, a great each way bet at around 12 to 1, 14 to 1, especially with plenty of pay in five and even six places. Mm. So good, good show. He'd be my a bit of a swing of a bat at bigger prices. I think he's got a decent chance of outrunning his odds. Uh, and while I totally respect the favourite post-impressionist, I do prefer stablemate Nathaniel Green. Um, what you got, Tony? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty long um, shortlist here as well, but uh, we've got uh, Calling the Wind, uh, Omniscient, and uh, Post Impressionist, but I, I can't have Post Impressionist at, at that price. So I'm going to give you one trainer here for, to follow tomorrow, uh, Hugo Palmer. Uh, first of all, Hugo Palmer has uh, Rajinsky in the race at 16 to 1, looks far too big for me. Fourth of 20 beaten, three lengths behind Trushan at odds of 8 to 1 off a six pound low mark 12 months ago. Uh, he ran well in that. Uh, in that, he, he was kind of in midfield, and he uh, pushed along. But he was never going to get. Uh, he stayed on at the end, but he was never going to get to Trushan uh, in one of the all-time great handicap performances uh, twelve months ago. Uh, he has won since. He's won twice at. Uh, he's won at Newmarket uh, and uh, won on seasonal debut at Nottingham. In a uh, in a five runner race, and if you remember rightly, um, uh, Tru- he beat Trushan at sixteen to odds of sixteen to one. Uh, Trushan beaten half a length. Uh, he's he's run at uh, Ascot since in the Cigarro Stakes, the Group Three. Um, yeah, bit of a step too far for him there, and uh, was last seen in the Chester Cup, which uh, and he was fifth of sixteen, but only beaten two and a quarter lengths in that Ben. So at fourteen to one. So I think um, at sixteen to one, he can run another uh, another decent race in this, uh, considering what he did in it last year, and also the Chester Cup is a, a key race for this. And his other one is Zoffy, both by Zoffany these uh, these geldings. Um, Zoffy, seven year old, uh, Ben Curtis is in the saddle here. He's a bit more skinnier at eights, uh, but he was last seen at uh, he, he quite ran well in the Chester Cup as well. He was beaten in neck. Uh, behind me, uh, Metier at 11 to 1. Um, so he ran them both together in the Chester Cup. Uh, Zoffy came out and ran in the Ascot Stakes. Uh, was certainly not disgraced. He finished sixth of 19, but he was only beaten three and a quarter lengths at 16 to 1 behind a horse with no name in the Ascot Stakes. So I think he can go well. Uh, he won the. Uh, the uh, the Vars last year, the uh, Zoffy won the Vars, the Northumberland Vars, twelve months ago, um, off a uh, I haven't got it here, but uh, yeah, he, he ran well in the key race at the Ascot Stakes and the Royal Meeting early at the Royal Meeting earlier this month, won the Constellation race, uh, the Vars for this uh, twelve months ago. I think he was uh, Tony. He yeah. was off eighty four mark of eighty four. Ah, right, the, excellent. The, Consolation race last year. Yeah, £11 uh, higher. Yeah, um, but I think it can both go well. They both seem to be outrunning their odds in recent runs. So Zoffy at eight and Rajinsky both for Hugo Palmer, both by Zoffany and uh, fingers crossed uh, there for tomorrow. Many thanks for listening to the uh, latest edition of the racing podcast, uh, Podblast rather. Hopefully there's some decent pointers and analysis for you to uh, get some winners at Newcastle. Uh, this weekend, Pittman's Derby and all that. Uh, and remember, if you're an early riser, you can catch me on Epic Radio r- weekdays. Plenty of racing news between five and seven. And a tip: um, we had a, a twelve to one winner yesterday, Ben. Um, Ooh, 
Yeah, twelve to one winner. I was I wasn't up in time to listen. I'm afraid. <laughs> Can't uh, can't for the life remember what it was, mate. But uh, it was. Uh, hang on, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Hafid Alain at four fifty-five at Newmarket. It was twelve to one between five and seven. Uh, I think Oof. he won it about fifteen to two. I think in the end. But uh, yeah, the early bird but, catches the fish. Absolutely. Places. Thank you very much. Thank you. And then uh, do a, uh, a breakfast show for Bridlington and surrounding areas mainly. Uh, uh, Shed Hot Radio. The Great British Breakfast from 7am till 9. And uh, everybody should have a friend called Ben. And I've got one. And he does my Ben's 90s bangers every morning. Don't you? Tunes. Some tunes I've fired out this week. (laughs) Uh, And you can get more from Ben over on uh, narrowingthefield.co.uk. Until uh, next time, it's thanks from us. Big thanks for listening. Uh, Remember, weekends are far too short for sleep. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us.